0: The following has been recorded at Cairn University. Any reproduction of this recording without the express permission of the university is prohibited. I love the uh, I love the, the asked for round of applause because like you just sit down at this point right like you don't know, you want to you, wanna, you know, if the clap comes in the beginning you're like I didn't do anything to deserve that so hopefully we only go up from here but we might have peaked already. Um, <laughs> Well, no. Mark was saying that we had. A, I'll just mention real quick. Uh, it was funny. The tornado, which you don't like, get tornadoes in Philadelphia area. Uh, at least I didn't think you did. Um, and I remember being in the basement with our kids. And uh, we actually have an apartment on the back side of our house. And the tenant is down there. We're all huddled down in the basement. And uh, I'm literally saying to my kids, "They're not going to trust me for a long time." Because I'm literally saying to them, "There's nothing going on up there. Like your mom made us come down here. Like, like there's this is nothing." And then, uh, you know, after about 20 minutes, we go upstairs, and it's raining in my kitchen. And I was like, we have a problem, you know. Like, uh, so they're going to be like, Dad, you said nothing was going on, but there was a lot going on. So. Uh, but yeah, my, my name is Jeff. My friend Becca, Becca's going to wave to everybody who's here as well. Uh, Becca and I are on Young Life staff. Uh, and so Becca is on Young Life staff in Bucks County, and I'm on Young Life staff in Montgomery County. And uh, we'd love to talk to you more about what that is afterwards. uh, We work with high school and middle school students uh, who don't know who Jesus is. And so we get to present the gospel to them in ways uh, that are very effective and uh, and a lot of fun. So love to talk to you guys afterwards. We'll be hanging out. Um, But yeah, let me pray for us and uh, we'll jump in together. Lord, thanks for this time together. Thanks for these students and the call you've placed on their lives. Lord, thanks for this place and what you do here. Lord, I pray that we would all draw closer to you each day. Uh, and we would look to you. And I pray all this in your name. Amen. Uh, last time I was here, I actually got to speak uh, with uh, a bunch of the athletes. And so if you're in the room and you heard this story, pretend like you've never heard it before, because it's one of my favorites. Um, last year, there was a, uh, an MMA fight uh, in Philadelphia. And uh, it was a weird fight because partway through the fight, the uh, referee had to stop the fight because he noticed that one of the fighter's gloves was dripping blood, okay? And so they stopped the fight. They they inspect the glove, and they realize that the fighter is missing a finger. Uh, And so this is, you can look this up. This is a true story. Uh, They can't find it, Uh, to the point where they asked the, the PA announcer to get on and make an announcement and say, hey, if you're sitting in the first couple front rows, could you just look under your seats, right? And so uh, this, whole, this whole search starts happening, right, and it's, it's most important to the fighter that they find this finger, right, like he would like it back, like he'd like to use all of his fingers, and so uh, upon further investigation, uh, they dig further into the glove, and they find the finger is wedged down in the glove. So they, they, they're able to rush him to the hospital, they reattach the finger, uh, and within a week he's back to training already, okay, okay. And, and, and you're like, I'm like, happy Valentine's Day. You're like, hey, thanks for that story, right? Um, and, and here's why I tell you that story, is that we're all looking for something, right? Like, he was, like, desperate. He's like, we gotta find my finger, right? But we, we, we know Jesus, hopefully a lot of us know Jesus, but, like, we still find ourselves sometimes looking, looking away and, and looking for other things and searching for life and searching for meaning and searching, 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 searching. You guys, there is... Um, Over 1,500 dating apps. That's a lot, right? And and uh, I don't suggest looking uh, all up all this. There's some really shady ones out there. But I found some really really interesting ones. There's one called Sizzle. It's for bacon lovers. Okay, so if you're looking for that special someone and you really are passionate about bacon, there's an app for that. Okay, there is Salad Match. Similar concept. If you love salads, Uh, maybe I don't know if if a Sizzle and a Salad people. I don't know if they can come together or not. Guys, Tinder has almost 8 million subscribers, Bumble, 6 million, Match.com, 2 million people. You guys, there are apps uh, to find your cat or dog another cat or dog to be friends with, right? Like, we are looking for companionship, right? But, we, but more than that, we're searching. We are searching for meaning. We are searching for who we are. And, and for us in the room, hopefully we know it's in Christ, but still, even though we know that from time to time, we find ourselves kind of looking around. Right, looking around at what real life could be, uh, what could be out there that we don't know about. So a lot of us are searching. Hey, we're going to be looking at looking this morning, the concept of looking. Um, have you ever frantically looked for something? I think I spend about 20% of every day searching for either my wallet, my keys, or my phone. Uh, we have four kids, okay, but I can't blame them. I lose those things without them. From time to time, they're the ones that do move them, though. I was an RA in college, and uh, I don't know if you get this. Is I'm super old, so like we had a physical key. You guys probably scan things now, um, and so I had a key that unlocked every door in this one building. And I went to school near one of the largest malls in America, in Nyack, New York, and uh, I lost the key one day at the mall. And so um, talk about frantic, because it was going to be like $500 to replace all the locks, and that was a cost I was going to have to pay. So I'm. Fr- it's also Halloween, uh, and so. That night at the mall, it was like a safe place for people to take their kids, so like a lot of the stores would have candy bowls out, and parents would have all their little kids, and and they would take them to the mall. And I was just in regular clothes, and I'm running around to the point, frantically enough to where a little girl in a costume says to her dad, dad, look at that weird man, because I'm just like frazzled and running, and I can't find the key, and I'm searching desperately for this key. But have you ever desperately wanted or searched for something? We're going to look together at this concept um, in Mark chapter 10, starting at verse 46 this morning together. Uh, This is uh, the story about blind Bartimaeus. So take a sec, turn to that, uh, Mark chapter 10, starting at verse 46. I'm going to kind of read us through this and we're going to stop along the way and talk about a couple things together. It says this, They came to Jericho as Jesus and his disciples together with a large crowd were leaving the city. A blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, bless you, was sitting by the roadside begging. Hey, you're welcome. Um, for both things, the blessing and the scripture. So here's the deal: you've got this guy sitting by the roadside begging, right? Which tells us a couple things. Um, one, first, we see a large crowd. Wherever in young life we talk about this a lot for for students who maybe have are just hearing about Jesus, like wherever Jesus went, there was a large crowd. Like, he was a popular dude, right? Like, he said things and did things that no one had ever done or said before, and it caused a crowd to follow him. So so that's something to note. Large crowd following him. Leaving the city. A man, a blind man, Bartimaeus. I love the footnote here because I think this is really important. I think sometimes I read stories like this, and I've, I've heard this before, and I read past it. This was somebody's son, right? Okay, so it says right there, son of Timaeus, right? This was somebody's son. I think sometimes I think of him as, oh yeah, it's that blind guy, it's the Jesus story. It's like, no, there, there's a backstory to this guy's life. Right? I don't think he woke up one day and said, hey, I, I cannot wait to be a blind beggar by the, the city gate of Jericho. I don't know what happened in his life. I don't know if he was born blind, if he became blind. But to survive, he has to sit by the, the city gate and is reliant on other people. He's begging them to just meet his daily needs. Okay? He is desperately searching for more to life. He's sitting by the roadside begging. He was maybe a brother, a friend. Um, he was looking for his next meal, for help, for friendship. He was looking. We all do that, right? We don't necessarily sit by a, a city gate with a cup out hoping that people will have mercy on us. But we look for the next thing, right? Like, what do I oh The next iPhone, right? If, just, if I could just have the next iPhone. If I could just make the team, if I'm playing time would increase, if I could get that grade, if I could date that person. Now, none of these are bad in of themselves, but when, they, when we look at that thing instead of looking at Jesus, we kind of get off track. The first point here I want to talk about is the reality that we're all looking for real life. We so often look for real life things and things that promise to be real life, but end up leaving us wanting more. They're temporary. They're not going to make it. Along the way, somewhere we get God's grace that intervenes, uh, that there's real and ultimate life offered in him and the free gift of Jesus. It goes on to say this, When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Bartimaeus was looking for life for more. I don't know if you guys have ever called out to Jesus and shouted at Jesus. Uh, I have. Uh, Maybe you have. We've all walked through tough stuff. But like he is in a moment of like, hey, I'm gonna shout out to Jesus and I need him to answer me. And he's willing to look foolish, right? They, They say, hey, be quiet, knock it off. And he just shouts all the louder. And sometimes maybe they're in your life, you're like, hey, people, you might need to say, hey, I don't care what it looks like, I need. I need to get to Jesus at any cost. Bartimaeus heard many things about Jesus, right? He's blind, so we know that when one sense goes, the others kind of rise up. So I imagine that his hearing is much better than someone with sight. So he hears stuff at the gate, right? That's kind of like the hub of the town, right? The in and the out. So he's heard about Jesus, He's heard about amazing things Jesus has done. He, you know, his, his ears are attuned. So when he hears that a large crowd is coming by and that it might be Jesus, he's like, I'm going to do whatever it takes. So he, he, he yells out. He's wondering if Jesus could heal his problem. right? He is like, I'm desperate. I need to know, is this going to work out for me? For us, once we realize we can't fill our need on our own, we realize we need to look outside of ourselves. We need to look at Jesus. This guy knew that really well, right? Like he was dependent upon others, right? Bartimaeus can't just be like, you know what, tomorrow I'm just gonna wake up, not be a blind beggar. Like that's outside of his power. He can't do that, right? And so often we try that. We're like, hey, I'll just, I'll just get it together tomorrow, right? Or I'll just stop doing that one thing tomorrow. And it's like, hey, that's good. Yeah, you know, I commend you. Maybe there's things we should probably stop doing and things we should start doing. But at the end of the day, we need Jesus to do those things. Blind Bartimaeus needs Jesus to bring him real full life. He had heard stuff about Jesus. We know this Jesus, we get to spend time with him. When we slow down and sit down with Jesus, then we're able to connect. Do we call out to Jesus? I mean really call out. Often for me, I'm, like I said, I'm, fr- I'm frantically running around trying to solve a problem or fix something or find something. And someone wiser than me will ultimately step in and say, hey, have you talked to Jesus about this? Hey, have you sat with Jesus? I'll be like, huh, that's a great idea. I should have probably done that first. Um, you guys, there's a, I was reading this devotional called Moments with the Savior. If you're looking for one, it's a great one. And it talked about is a story when Jesus' and, his, and Jesus' mother and father, Mary and Joseph, lose Jesus, right? Like, can you imagine? Like, it's one thing, hey, I lost 20 bucks. It's like, we lost Jesus, right? Like, you know, they're in this caravan of people coming back from Jerusalem. They assume he's up ahead with some other family members. Uh, about a day into the journey, they're like, so you got Jesus, right? They're like, this is like a home alone situation, right? Like, no, I thought, I thought you did the head count, right? And like, no, oh, shoot. So then they hightail it back to Jerusalem, and they start searching all over for Jesus. And what the author of the devotional said, which was really stuck out to me, was like, eventually, finally, Joseph and Mary make their way to the temple to pray, to try to find their son, and he's there listening to the teachers. And it was so convicting for me, because I'm like, man, I I frankly, I'm willing to do the, let's learn and look down all the streets. But it's like, hey, have you just thought about just sitting with the Lord in the temple? Like oh man, that would have been a great idea, right? They lost Jesus, but they found him. I, you know, spoiler alert. Have you guys read that part yet? Yeah, but they found him. Um, Jesus is not hiding, but it's up to us to open our eyes and turn our gaze upon him. You know, Valentine's Day, gazing into your loved one's eye. Right? When's the last time you gazed at anything other than your phone? Right? Like, who, when's the last time you've had a conversation that wasn't like this? Uh, uh-huh. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, right? Like, we gaze at a lot of things, but ultimately, we're supposed to gaze at Jesus. The scripture says this, Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called to the blind man, cheer up on your feet. He is calling you throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. Guys, point number two here is that he is looking for Jesus, right? One, we're all looking for something. Here in this story, we see him actually, he's looking for Jesus. He hears that he's close, so he's doing whatever it takes to see him, to find him, right? So point number two, he's, now he's looking, not just looking for life. I'm sure that blind by Hermes, whatever means he did have, I'm sure if he heard of anything that was like, hey, this could fix you, this could heal you, this could cure you, I'm sure he chased those leads. Right? But now he's, now he's going from just looking for life to looking for Jesus. Right? He's a step closer. Are you looking for Jesus? I went to a college a lot like this. And it was great because you get this time where like, and you should take all, every opportunity to know Jesus more and more and to, to seek out the call he's placed on your life with a lot of, loving faculty and staff who are pouring into you because they love Jesus. But it's still up to you. You can't just walk in these doors, check your box for the day, and then walk out. It's up to you. You've got to have your eyes opened towards Jesus. He said, call him. In verse 50, this is interesting. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. You guys, his cloak... Uh, was probably one of the only possessions he owned. And it, w- it probably covered a couple of bases. It probably gave him some sort of privacy, uh, protection from cold nights, from the sand. Um, it, it gave him some, just some time to be by himself or whatever. So it's probably one of the only things that, that he owned. It was probably very, very valuable to him. He throws his cloak and starts running. And I don't even know if he knows who's, like. he just starts running hoping he's headed in the right direction. Right? He's running towards Jesus. He's like, I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what I have to do. Sh- cloak, sure, gone. Get me to Jesus. He's heard enough about him by sitting at the gate. that He's like, hey, if I can just get there, I think he can do something for me. Mm-hmm. He threw it aside. What do you need to throw aside? What do you need to get rid of, maybe, to let go of so that you can see Jesus more clearly or that you can see him more often? What do you need to let go of? It might be a good thing. It might not be a deep, dark sin. Maybe it is. It might be like, hey, this thing's pretty good, but it's just it's getting in the way. It's become too much, or it's, it's, it's what I pour myself in too much, or it's how I identify myself. Um, for me, it was, I, I played soccer in college. Don't, please don't quit the soccer team because of this talk, OK? I loved it, loved it. Uh, but it was hard, because once it ended, I was like, well, who am I now, right? But if I'm gazing at Jesus, that's who I am. I'm who he says I am. Not if I get playing time, not if I make the grade, not if I date the right person, but what he says. What do you need to throw aside to draw closer to Jesus? What is the way that you are able to start gazing at Jesus? When you gaze, this idea of gazing, it's not an accident, right? You have to stop and intentionally look hard at something. Right? Like when you're gazing up at the stars, where do you have to look? Not a rhetorical question. Where? Up, right? It's an easy one. It's a layup, right? You guys, you got to look up right? to look at the stars. So you need to find what helps you look at Jesus and sit in that. Um, it might mean you have to turn your phone off and hide it from yourself for a little while. It might mean you need to stop playing so many video games. Uh, it might mean that you need to fill in the blank. Um, And it's not to make us feel like, oh, man, I'm not doing enough. It's another thing I just have to do. No, it's it's about the opposite of that. It's that, hey, we don't have to do anything other than sit and gaze at Jesus through his word, through worship, through other people. But make sure that you are spurring your own walk with Jesus along. Verse 51, what do you want me to do for you, Jesus asked him. I always think this is a really, like, obviously it's a powerful question. But it's kind of another layup, right? Where are the stars? They're up. What does this guy want Jesus to do for him? What if he said, like, I'd like a Chick-fil-A meal, and I'll be good, and you can be on your way, right? What What does he want him to do for him? He wants to see. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately he received sight and followed Jesus along the road. Immediately. Guys, this is an amazing moment. I wish there was a like an autobiography or a movie about Bartimaeus' life because here's a guy that has not seen, and the first thing he sees is Jesus' face. Right? And I imagine that that wasn't a, all right, let's let's go. I imagine that that he gazed at him. He took time and he looked at him. And I know and, and Jesus was not in a hurry. So you know Jesus was gazing at him. Can you imagine your first sight? being your creator that's pretty powerful right this guy that yes he healed him of being blind but he gave him identity he gave him a a full life he did so many things for him in in the moment you guys know he did that for you he did that for me right like we all at some point in our lives we're wandering around searching thinking if i can just get 25 cents today that's more than enough looking for scraps and Jesus is like, no, 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 I want to give you full life. John 10.10, 10, Jesus came that I may give you life, and life to the full. He wants us to experience full life. This is not about not feeling good enough. This is not about like, well, Jeff, I guess I got to stop this one thing. This is about like, hey, if we can fix our eyes, our gaze on Jesus, the rest of the stuff will funnel in the way it's supposed to. But that's got to be our main drive. That's what he's called you guys here to as Karen students. So that you can have this time in life where you have this elevated, accelerated time to stare at Jesus. Because when you leave here, and, and you know right now life is fast, and you have this great opportunity to right now build these awesome things into your life. That like, hey, no matter what I do out of here, I do this each day. This is part of my routine. I, I stare at Jesus, right? And, and it might feel awkward. Like, gazing, like if, I'm out, if I'm out gazing at your pond, you might be like, yo, we gotta call security. This guy's just... He's not on his phone. He's just staring at something, right? Like, it might, it might feel weird to, like, go out late at night and watch the sunset. I mean, when's the last time you did that without your taking a picture of it, right? Like, this guy in this moment all of a sudden rushes in all the colors of life, all these things that he's wondered about, that he's thought about in his mind that he's never actually seen, and he gets to see the greatest sight ever in looking at the face of his creator. I imagine for Bartimaeus, it was really hard to go to sleep that night, right? One, because he's like, I want to see this, I want to see this. What does that look like? I think he just wants to see stuff. And then two, he's probably like so excited to it's hard to sleep because he's like, I, I don't want to sleep and miss stuff, right? I want to wake up and then see the sunrise and see this and this and this. So guys, point number three is he was looking for Jesus. Now point number three is he's looking at Jesus, right? There's a difference when I'm like, when we, we, have, we had a Super Bowl party last night, right, and we had all these people in the house and tons of kids yelling around, just screaming, running around. And every once in a while, I got to do the dad thing and do a loop, right? Make sure no one's, like, you know, hanging from the chandelier or, like, you know, jumping out a window with all these kids. And so I'm looking for my kids, right? I'm looking, all right, there's, one, there, there's four of them, which feels like eight sometimes. But, like, and then all these other kids are there. And so, and I'll find them where they are, right? But there's a difference between like, all right, there's one. Yep, good. There's, there's a difference between that and being like, all right, there's one. And like, right, there's a difference. There's a difference between looking for something like, okay, there's Jesus. I found him. He's back there. I'm going to keep him. Like, and there's a difference between that and being like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go and stand in front of him. And I'm going to look at him. My wife and I talk about that a lot. We have busy lives. You have busy lives. Uh, busy lives with four kids. We say like, hey, let's try each day to at least connect with each of our kids. I, some days I know it's going to be short, but that's that gazing moment, right? That's that, hey, Davy, and I'm looking at my phones. How was your day? Tell me something about your day, right? That's what Jesus is. is he's waiting with arms wide open. It's not a game. It's not a, a search him, find him thing. He's right there. He's like, hey, I'm here. Let's spend some time gazing, right? Let's, spend, let's be gazers. Let's spend some time doing that, When was the last time you did that? Jesus is never going to stop looking for you. He's never going to stop coming for you. It's no accident that he walked by Jericho that day. Like, he knew about Bartimaeus, right? It's not like, hey, Bartimaeus, if he he didn't yell loud enough, Jesus wasn't going to hear him, right? Jesus hears him. He knows, he sees you right where you're at. He loves you right where you're at. Um, Part of Young Life is we have camps Uh, that we take kids to in the summer. We say it's the best week of your life for your money back. Never had anybody ask for their money back, so we're doing pretty good. Years and years ago, uh, there's a camp in Saranac up in the upstate New York in the Adirondack Mountains, and uh, they used to take the entire camp on a hike. Everybody at once. So like 400 people go on this mountain hike, right? There's 46 peaks in the Adirondacks uh, that are called the 46ers that are above 4,000 feet. There's one real close to camp. So they, they bus everybody to the, the start of the trail, and then they hike up. They've since stopped doing this because uh, of erosion. When you have 400 people every week what, hiking up a mountain, it doesn't do great for the rest of the hikers. Um, but so they, they take the entire camp up the mountain, and there's these two guys. So everybody gets to the top of the mountain. There's these two guys. You know these guys. Maybe you are one of these guys. If not, you definitely have somebody in your group that is one of these people. They're like, hey, you know what would be cool? if we raced everybody down and went a different way, right? You know who you are. And so they start running down this, this back trail and they're running and they're like, we're gonna, it's gonna be awesome, we're gonna beat them to the bus and they're gonna be like, how did you do this? You know, this is a great idea, really well thought out. So, so up in the Adirondacks, there's a lot of ravines, there's these valleys and it's hard to, you can get turned around real easy and they do. And so they do a head count, uh, they figure out they're missing two, and they start sending people back up the trail to find them. They can't find them. So Everybody heads back to camp. The camp director has to make a terrible phone call to these two kids' parents. Hey, we can't find your kids, but we are looking. Local authorities get involved, search and rescue. Uh, two nights go by, and they can't find these kids, and um, they were on this Young Life trip to hear about Jesus. I don't, I don't think they knew who he was, And so what they decided to do after a lot of thinking is they decided to stay put. And they just kept yelling out, you know, we're right here, we're right here. And the problem with those ravines is the sound bounces around, and so it's hard to know where it's coming from. So after two nights, Search and Rescue finds these two guys. And um, they asked them, hey, what did you do? we are like, well, after a while, we decided to stay put and just yell out and hope that someone came and found us. And the other thing we did, and and we don't pray because that's a new thing for them. It's like we prayed that you would never stop looking for us. And guys, that's true of us. Jesus loves us when we decide to take off and run down the path the other way. Uh, Jesus loves us when we're deciding to go home the right way. He is never going to stop looking for us, He's never going to stop coming for us. He's going to move whatever He has to move so that we can see Him clearly. And maybe for some of you guys, it's like, hey, Maybe you're in the spot where you're like, I just need to sit down. I need to sit down and say, I'm right here, Lord. I'm here. I just, I, I got to slow down and sit down and I need you to, to speak to me. Maybe you're part of the search party people. You're like, hey, we're going to find the next person that needs to know about who Jesus is. Hopefully you're somewhere in the middle of both those things. But you guys, Jesus is never going to stop looking for you. He's never going to stop coming for you. It's vital that we never stop looking for Jesus in our days. He's there. Uh, we, it's a hard world to slow down in, but we gotta do it. It's vital that we do it. You guys have been awesome, I got one more thing for you. Um, if you were to go work for the government uh, in, in counterfeiting, people who make fun, fake money, funny money, right? Um, you would spend a ton, a ton, ton of time handling real US dollar bills, all the increments, right? You spend, they, they make those people spend so much time examining, feeling, smelling, tasting, like knowing these dollar bills like through and through. Like so that they, if they have their eyes closed, if they smell, like they know a real dollar bill. They spend very little time with a counterfeit dollar. Do you know why that is? I thought that was really interesting. I'm like, wouldn't you want to spend a bunch of time to see like, hey, this is how this is fake and this is why this is fake? They don't have to spend much time with counterfeit because they know the real thing so well through and through. And that's the Lord's voice in our life. That's scripture, right? By knowing this through and through, by knowing Jesus' voice, by knowing what he wants for us, then the rest of it we can see, hey, that's not, that's not real life. But when we, when, we, when we flip the script and we're handling the counterfeit stuff a lot, trying to find real money within that, we're never going to because it's not real. We've got to be willing to say, hey, I'm going to take time today and I'm going to gaze at Jesus. I'm going to get in his word. Because what he has to say about me and for me is much more important than anything else that's out there. You guys were awesome listeners. I appreciate you guys. I'm going to pray for you and then we're going to head out from here. Lord Jesus, thank you for this story. Lord, thank you that you got involved um, in Bartimaeus' life. Lord, thank you that you've gotten involved in all of our lives, Lord, and that you've called us to real life by following hard after you. Thank you for the joy that is in that, the adventure that's in that, the fact that you call us from good things, from hard things, from dangerous places to run hard after you. Lord, in this story we see Bartimaeus, he, he comes to see you, and then he, follows, he leaves it and follows you. He just goes where you're going. Lord, I pray that we would people, be people that go where you go. Lord, that we would find time today and each day forward to gaze at you. Lord, to understand your love for us and how it changes everything. Lord, thanks for this place, for caring for the faculty and staff here who love these students and long to stir them and push them towards gazing at your feet. Lord, thanks for this time together. Thanks for these friends. And I pray all this in your name. Amen.